Welcome to Cybersecurity Unlocked, a podcast dedicated to interviewing some of the industry's brightest minds. We will feature discussions from a wide range of subject matter experts about their careers, industry trends, and what the future holds. Hello, welcome to Cybersecurity Unlocked, episode nine. Today, my guest is my good friend, Nan Maguire. She has been in the industry for over 14 years. Uh, she got a break in the industry as a senior security analyst for Royal Bank of Scotland in the UK. Uh, she's had two tenures in uh, Big Four Consulting, and she is now the Regional Information Security Officer for Aberdeen Standard Investments. She was also recently voted as the top in the top 20 women in cyber for Singapore. Hey. Hey. Welcome. Thank How are you, you doing? Very well. Thank we you. made it. I got it. Second, second time. <laughs> second time of asking. It wasn't too bad. That's really good. So I haven't seen you since all this craziness uh, begun. Lockdown. Yeah. Uh, I think just after you started your uh, your new role. Yeah. How's uh, how's this year been for you? How's it's, the craziness? It's actually been quite good. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, obviously, everyone's impacted. It's mm. not uh, something I think. For me, the challenge is not so much so to do with work arrangement mm-hmm. and, and what you need to do as well. It's more around the, the kind of mental, um, you, 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 mental kind of challenge. You have to make sure that you, you, you still work through your day yeah. and you get things done. Mm-hmm. You react fast enough to, to be able to you know, respond to all the, all the craziness that yeah. this whole uh, pandemic kind of uh, brought to us. But I think for me, the most challenging thing is really to keep your sanity. Mm-hmm. When you're working inside the house, making sure that you still move enough, making sure that you still talk to people. Yeah. And, and that, that is something, because I, I think everyone's very easy to, to get kind of um, caught up by the moment. Eventually, you know, you, if you decide that you're not talking to anyone because mm-hmm. you can't. Yeah. And then you will get into a phase and then more and more, to, to the point, I don't know about you, but to the point, I, I, I actually physically felt like I didn't need to speak to anyone for like a week. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got, you know, obviously a really big job and it's a stressful job um, as, as it is being, a, you know, the job that you have, you know, regional information security officer. But I know that you're obviously very hands on as well at home and you've got two, two young children. How did you get that sort of balance right? Or, were you, you know, just on the brink of going crazy like the rest of us? I, I, I don't think I'm alone, to be honest. Mm. I think, you know, there are hundreds, thousands. I mean, I would say half of the people I know in the industry here um, in Singapore, in Asia, uh, my colleagues in 10 different markets in Asia, as well as the people that I know in the UK, we've all literally just going through the same yeah. same thing, same situation. Um, I, I do have two kids, mm-hmm. and, uh, and they're both quite young, but I think for me, my children, are <laughs> I'm actually quite a disciplined mom, mm-hmm. so I think my kids know, and they are very aware. Um, and, and the thing is, I... I one thing I found is completely fascinating through this experience is I actually feel adults have suffered more. I think it's proven that children, uh, they are much more resilient mm-hmm. than adults because to them it's very simple. Um, you know, their, their world is all around their family, their friends and what they know and, and they really adapt very, very quickly. They yeah. cope with the situation, I would say, a lot of times much, much better yeah. than adults. 
And I uh, throughout this experience, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the time. Don't get me wrong, it's really challenging mm. when you're on a call and you have two kids. All they want is your attention, and that is not easy. But I do find it's, it's extremely uh, nice as well to have that time. That even though, so my husband, myself, my two kids, we're all working in the same same household, um, you know, at the same time for a good two and a half months, I would say. Mm. Um, the internet bandwidth and capacity is definitely limited through four online sessions together. Um, but I enjoy the time with them. Yeah. Uh, and I think they enjoyed it um, as well in a way that we found ways to entertain ourselves within mm. the house. Uh, and we are quite um, fortunate, I think, for Singapore um, because we have a front patio that we have a little bit outdoor space that we could still utilize. And we, yeah. we I mean, obviously we couldn't use the pool, so we managed to, to utilize bubbles. Yeah. Uh, we had a little bit kind of outdoor, we had a paddling pool. Mm -hmm. And that was literally the highlight of the <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> Although I was a bit upset with my water bill, but that's, <laughs> yes. So uh, everything has been proving, I would say, it's a very unique experience and mm. I, I I, I always joke to my friends, you know, this year I've not done any travel. And we, we, I've never stopped traveling since I was actually 15. I've mm -hmm. been traveling every year. So for me, this is a very, very new experience and, and for the children as well. But I, I do um, see that they learn very fast, you mm -hmm. know, in terms of the hygiene, how to, how, how to keep them clean, you know, watch hands, safe distance and why. And yeah, I, I think it's actually a very positive thing for them. Yeah, I agree, actually. I think looking back, I mean, at the time when you're living in, in yeah. it, you've got, you know, you're having a fight. I was having a fight with my son because he wanted to, you know, wear pajamas all day. And then my, you know, and then I've got a call coming in from a client because, you know, yeah. they're not happy with like uh, an offer that's been, that's been put out. And then my daughter wants to listen to Baby Shark again. And then, you know, it's, you're just spinning so many different plates. But I think... In, the, in that moment, it was quite stressful. But I look back on it now with, with quite fond memories and having, yeah. you know, to spend a lot of quality time with them. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, we've done... So my daughter's school has done a um, lockdown memory kind of a show and tell um, mm -hmm. session. Uh, so we printed out... We had to ask her to select top 20 photos for her, the lockdown memory. And we've done tons of photos during lockdown, just, oh, you know, great. to remember the time. And she picked her top 20 and every single one of them, she could tell a story. Mm. And I actually thought that was really, really nice. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and they really, we really found the time during lockdown. It was actually a true bonding time for, for my daughter and my son to bond as well. And they, they, they really ha have established a very strong relationship yeah. between the two of them. That's I great. mean, they fight, but mm. you really see, you know, before that, they were kind of doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. They don't really bother each other. It's, it's not you know, they, they don't fight, but there's not any kind of uh, intimate relationship. But now they yeah. really have a really close relationship. Oh, so, that's lovely. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Cool. So tell us about the, the job that you do today. What's the, how many, how many countries in, in Asia? Are? So um, what I do is I cover the, the entire APAC region. Um, so that covered 10 different markets. Um, so obviously, you've got the greater China um, market, so you cover China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan. And then you've got the traditional, the ASEAN, so the Southeast Asia uh, kind of markets. 
Um, obviously, we've got Singapore, we've got Thailand, we've got Indonesia, we've got Malaysia. And then um, you, you, you look a little bit kind of moving to the east side, you've got Korea and Japan, mm -hmm. and of course, um, Australia. And that covered that, that part of the Pacific, kind of um, slightly out of the way, but definitely very important. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very interesting coverage. Um, actually slightly less markets than my uh, previous job in terms of the APAC coverage, but I do think that they picked um, I would say the, 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 there is a definitely reason why they, they've selected those specific markets. And I found it's very interesting as well because what I do now, and obviously I served a good 10 years in consulting firms. Mm. And consulting firms is all, always about, you know, how fast the pace is, how, how quickly you change and you have to serve different clients um, and, and, and deal with different kind of uh, challenges and different topics and different projects. Whereas right now now i serve the as the regional security officer covering the entire region and i will cover privacy topic as well okay however i would actually say i treat myself as an internal consulting kind of um, function as well because um now um although i'm working for one company but i actually serve 10 different clients and those 10 markets they're my clients as well it's yeah. just an internal relationship yeah and it's extremely um, interesting and it's very much a, a very fast moving environment because in Asia, and that's the reason I like about Asia, um, is that in the UK, in the US, in uh, North America, it's very um, established, it's yeah. very mature in terms of what we do. Uh, the regulation, the law, and also the practice is very much, uh, I would say, a very established environment. And for European markets, and you have one set of rules, obviously. Whereas for Asia, um, I have 10 markets right now that I look after, and I have more than 10 sets of rules and regulatory requirements, and, 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 and 10, more than 10 sets of cultural kind of a challenge you know, ahead of me as well. And that make a very, very fun place yeah, to I'm work. Sure. And obviously this part of the world, I would say people are very renowned for their um, great hospitality. Mm -hmm. And I really, really enjoy that. Obviously I fit in as well, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and, and I really, really love it. I think it's, it's, it's a very exciting market as well because it's very rare that you will have the opportunity to really, really put your own stamp to something. Mm -hmm. and, and right now in Asia, this is definitely the time yeah. for cyber, um, for cyber kind of expert, for people who's into the field. Um, and we all know in Asia, we want to be, the whole region wants to be seen as the, as a, as a very kind of worthy place um, to invest. Obviously, we're very, very fast in terms of development, you know, the growth and everything. And, and to be able to provide that level of assurance to, you know, foreign investor who's coming from a very mature place. Yeah. You need to show them that, you, you know, we have the expert, we have yeah. the knowledge and we're really on top of it. And I think Singapore is doing extremely well mm. in that field. And, and I'm really, really hoping I'm hopeful as well. And I think the government is definitely set on the right direction as well. I think this is definitely the, the, the right um, kind of um, direction Singapore government has, has pointed to. And, yeah. and strategy-wise, the image for the country is definitely yeah. there.
yeah yeah i think it will attract more and more people yeah good and with the um, you mentioned that you deal with such different um varying levels of um you know regulation and i guess probably maturity as well particularly yeah. in the asean region there's quite yeah. a, a big difference between singapore hong kong china to, as to i guess sort of vietnam yeah absolutely and malaysia what are the biggest sort of challenges that you have from a from a regulatory perspective in terms of what you manage to be honest, for me, the biggest challenge um, for, for a very complex region in terms of regula- regulations as well as, I would say, political complexity is definitely here. Mm. I would say the biggest challenge is actually just to find out, to know uh, comprehensively what the requirements are and to be able to actually lay it down, you know, on, on a... If you imagine, on a, I'm a very much a plan and, and, and paper kind of person, so... Mm-hmm. If you imagine you have to literally list down every single country, what the regulations are uh, in terms of your industry, but, you know, as operating in the finance industry, and we're also capital market, you know, asset management and all those kind of industry regulations, as well as considering how you actually practice cyber and privacy. For me, it's nothing worse than not knowing. If I know I can, I can make a plan to make it work. But it's the because obviously the maturity from different markets are, are, are quite different still in the region. Some country they have very clearly laid out, you know, kind of regulations and rules in terms of for you to do this, you must do A, B, C, D. And these ones, I would say they're much easier to deal with. Whereas other um, countries, and they have new rules coming up, or they have not so clear definition yeah. of what is important and what's critical. So those ones is really up to your own kind of uh, interpretation and based on your knowledge, your experience, how you actually want to, you know, kind of understand and how depends on, you know, your articulation back to your board, your senior management, how you actually explain uh, as well. That That is really the, 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 the challenging part. But it's really fun. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. So the more sort of the, the less mature uh, sort of markets, you have to deal with a lot, a lot with uh, ambiguity and... Yes, I think it's the, um, and also how quickly things could change mm. as well. You know, today, yeah. this is this, and next month, something could be completely different. Yeah. So I think that's, that's definitely the challenging part. But it's really a, a very kind of, um, I would say a very rewarding job in terms of, it, can, can you imagine you tell your kids one day to say, actually, I've set that up. You mm. know, I've done yeah. this. It's, it's a really, really nice Thing. That's great. And I think it's very important, obviously, you know, you have to, I've spent so many years studying mm. and I would like to very much utilize what I've, yeah. I've done, you know, my knowledge to, to, to kind of contribute. Mm. And it's really great to see your contribution can really make a difference yeah. to your company. Absolutely. Yeah. So just on that, how did, let's rewind the clock a little bit. How did you get started? What was it that got you into security anal- analysis? So I moved to the UK when I was 16 mm-hmm. and I am always very much a, um, I'd say a science math kind of person. So when I went to university, um, I did electronic engineering and I did advanced computing. So I've done all of the studies. And at that point, um, interesting enough, I was working for ABS Group. Uh, in a call center selling insurance, car insurance. Really? Believe it or not, I was a top, uh, top car sales um, insurance. Um, really? Yes. Yeah, sales. Representative, yes. Okay. Uh, okay. As my part-time job because um, mm-hmm. I obviously had planned to travel during mm. my holiday time. 
So, so as part of the group, um, obviously you browse on the internet and you see what other openings and available. And also at that point, I've spent 10 years in England and obviously Bristol and Bath, which is very close to Wales too. Mm. So I've done the, the southern part of the mm -hmm. UK. Then I thought, you know what? There's a job uh, opening position coming up in uh, Edinburgh. And I've always heard Scotland is really, really beautiful. And why not? So I applied. And funny enough, they offered me the role. I was like, oh, brilliant. And they offered me the job um, actually before my graduation ceremony. So I had to agree time and I had a month in between. So it was really, really nice. So, uh, and to be honest, the reason I applied is because that was the one job that is remotely connected <laughs> to my yeah. degree. Okay, yeah. Um, I thought, you know what, I've done network. I've done network security. Uh, I know uh, a lot of things about encryption. Mm -hmm. And um, obviously, um, I can also, um, you know, change bulbs. Mm. Yeah. You know, there's yeah, yeah. a lot of things I've done. So um, surely I can utilize what I learned at university. But it turns out it's actually very, very different. Mm. Um, obviously, the, the logical kind of uh, thinking process and, and, and how you deal with things um, and, and some very basic knowledge about technology and, and the, the fact that you're not resenting it, I think is very important. Um, but it is... I would say very new subject at the time. Mm. It definitely was something, not something that I learned yeah. from my uh, higher education experience, yeah, I yeah. would say. Um, but really, I got into it um, very fast and it, it is something that I would say somehow is relatively natural to yeah. me. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and, and I, what, I really What year was this, sorry? Was this 2006? Yeah. 2005, 2006. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. So you've seen the industry kind of almost transform Absolutely. in that so, time. So even uh, in the UK at the time, uh, security function is pretty much a function underneath IT. Mm. Um, and I, I remember when I first started it, it used to be called IT security. And then I've seen the kind of uh, change, the uh, evolved into information security. Mm -hmm. And then it changed again into... Um, information and data security and then one day suddenly the buzzword came up and everybody is talking about cyber security and mm. that that name seems to actually stayed yeah. sticked around for quite a few years now yeah yeah i think a good seven eight years now yeah. i'd say yeah it's like a yeah an amazing industry that you know a lot of people are trying to kind of pivot into now and you know you know reskill and as part yeah. of the i guess sort of motivation for starting this podcast is to try and you know, put some information or content out there that yeah. can maybe help people with that. So, so you, so you with RBS for, for how long? For four years. Four years. Mm -hmm. And then you moved into consulting. Yes. So what, that's an interesting move, actually, because not a lot of people... Consulting Usually it's is a, the other way around. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a great, you know, management consulting, especially big four consulting, they have great, you know, sort of grad, grad schemes and it's a, it's a fantastic foundation to, you know, break into whether it be, you know, technology or cyber or whatever, but you kind of did it the other way around. Yeah. What was it that attracted you to cyber, uh, to uh, consulting? I, I have to say, um, completely agree with you in a way that often you see the trends is people would serve in consulting firms uh, for a few years and then they will move into industry. But somehow I would, I very much want to share my experience because I actually found, I think, you know, first of all, 
my story basically tell you you shouldn't limit yourself. You shouldn't set a path. You think that should be the right path. It's not that way. And I appreciate the fact that I think the reason I did relatively well in consulting firms, um, uh, we we call it um, professional services firms, yeah. is because I had industry experience. I learned from the very basic in terms of operationally how you actually make things work, and what is most critical to a um, organization in terms yeah. of. You know, because we always talk about security is all about a, a, a kind of a, a trade between confidentiality, availability, and integrity. We say that the other triangle, the triage, we, mm -hmm. we would also say. But for me, if I didn't have the uh, industry experience, once I joined the consulting or the professional services firm, everything I advise would just come from theory. Mm -hmm. I do not know how well it would work and whether it would work or not. Yeah. So up until today, I, I still truly believe there is no one way to deal with security for any organization. And I, 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 I'm 100% believe in something that you can always offer a solution that is fit for purpose. Yeah. And that should be one of the key principles you should always remember. You can't offer some amazing, wonderful, multi-million pounds or, or dollar service to a company that yeah. just, you know, only have 10 people operating. It does yeah. not work. And operationally, it wouldn't work. Yeah. It, it, you know, every company is special and unique in its own way. Um, you have to find a way using your knowledge and experience and find a way that is secure enough, but it's also operational feasible. Mm. For me, that is extremely important. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's one of the interesting things about consulting is the variety of work and yes. the variety of problems that you get. You're not just you know, offering an off-the-shelf package, yeah. everything's kind of different. It requires that kind of personal touch a lot of the time. Absolutely. And consulting for me is definitely fun. And mm. I always say to my people, honestly, you know, for everyone that I've ever worked, my colleagues, my friends, uh, the associates, the graduates, and also some very senior C-level people that I've come across, mm -hmm. I've always say to them, you know, you're, you're either a big form material or you're not. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, uh, you will never know until you try it. And yeah. I, I love the human interaction part. Yeah. Um, so for me, consulting, and I love the diversity, the difference, the kind of, you know, how, how quickly it changes and how, in a way, I love multitask as mm. well. Yeah. So I really, really enjoy it. And I, I, I would say my, my consulting, my professional service experience served me extremely well and made me who I am today. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, you know, you always have a little bit regret at the end of every single project because you never know whether your contribution really made an impact to the organization because you're yeah. not part of that. Part of it, yeah. However, the satisfaction, you know, you see through consulting and, you know, once you serve the client and they keep coming back to you, on genuinely, you know, on asking you in terms of your advice, your opinion, that is really, really, really amazing. Mm -hmm. And of course, you also get to meet so many people. You go to see so many places. Mm -hmm. So if you are a graduate and you have the opportunity to serve in, in one of the professional uh, services firm, I definitely would recommend that because, yeah. um, and I'm not even saying, you know, those firms, they are um, renowned for their quality, their output as well. Going through this kind of experience not only teach you the sort of the, the technical, the professional side, but also teach you in terms of how you deal with, with 
everyone, with people, how you, how you handle problems and how you produce a piece of output that is understandable and also representing the, the true quality of what you want to produce. I've come across with, with many, many, many extremely good technical guys in the field, obviously being cyber, you know, specialist, extremely quality uh, work and the, the, the skill is definitely there, but just can't write anything. I'm sorry, in a real Like business, communicate with the business or correct, translate yeah. the, yeah. It's not just communicating audience. with business. Yeah. If you're not a team player, you can't even work yeah. with your team colleagues and yeah. you will not be able to survive. Yeah. In I wouldn't say in any corporate environment, you won't actually survive in the society, mm. to be honest. Mm. You know, we're, we're human in terms of you, you will always need some level of interaction and it's yeah. extremely important. For me, the skill is, is important that you know things, you have a very solid foundation in terms of your technical understanding where it defines you, where it actually differentiates you from the rest of the, your, your peers is whether you can actually explain that idea to someone and, and actually make someone bought that idea. Yeah. That is the, 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 the fundamental difference. Mm. Um, that's what's going to set you apart. Yeah. Everyone can be technically sound, yeah. depends on how much effort you put in, but not everyone can actually communicate. Yeah, building the soft skills yes. and EQ. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree. And you've got a unique experience as well in that you've worked in consulting in the UK and also in Singapore. Yeah. What did you, how did you adapt to, to the you know, Singapore market and what were the big sort of differences that you noticed? It definitely took me a while. Uh, it took me a good six months. I think the first six months I was a bit kind of, oof, not quite sure. I mean, really, I think... Way? For, for me, I have the very unique advantage and, and that's one of the reasons that I moved to Singapore. My partner at the time actually invited me to come over to join the Singapore firm. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the, the company can, the firm can start establishing a bigger kind of, um, um, you know, presence for cyber for, for, for Asia. It's because at least I looked the part, you know, I fit in. So people actually don't feel that they, I'm not actually quite sure. I think it's easier for me to, 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 to provide some sort of idea mm. um, to others. The first six months was definitely challenging because in the UK, as I said, you know, in Europe, that's where my, my clients were based um, prior to Singapore. I would say it's a very um, mature, well-established, in a way, relatively simple environment because it's very consistent. Mm -hmm. There is not so much persuasion or explanation that you need to do because the reason they ask you is because they already know what is required. Yeah. So in that way, it's very simple. For me is you go for it, you know, you were asking, you provide the best you can and you deliver as according to the requirements. Um, yeah, it's, it's not so you have to tell people why. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Whereas here, um, you obviously need to um, adapt in terms of the cultural um, aspect. Yeah. You need to obviously respect people and, and, and truly understand the, the, the reason why sometimes when people are not so into certain things. Yeah. Uh, or sometimes when people are really driving for certain things, you also need to understand the reason why. Uh, in addition to explaining to people in terms of the, you know, the, the, the regulatory change as well as 
the reason why because people would still see so in Asia people still see security and privacy as as a um, something that they spend money they don't necessarily see the return yeah um, so it's up to us to actually uh, explain to people actually um, it is actually still a money generator in many many ways yes yes um, so for me that that initial change was quite um, different it's different from what from what I thought it would be the first six months um, but I also really really enjoyed it because it's very fun mm. you know you learn something new every single day honestly every single day and um, obviously when you are uh, in an environment it's relatively um, I wouldn't use the word static because it's not static in the UK but it's very polite it's very uh, structured and it's predictable yeah whereas here the difference I would say is the the part that you you just don't know what's gonna be next yes. next move and that's very very exciting yeah I know what you mean actually so because when I've obviously moved out here I faced a lot of challenges um, you know obviously you know coming from the UK market it's quite sort of aggressive whereas here it requires a little bit more of a softer touch um, and yeah and I think the UK market and the clients that I dealt with are a lot more direct in terms of what they're looking mm. for whereas out here there was I had to work with a lot of ambiguity and had to interpret you know try and interpret what it is that they're actually looking for and I think the, the trust element as well you know yeah. being you know western you know I think it, it, t it took me a while to kind of build that trust with with clients um yeah but you yeah I mean definitely I mean the trusting the trust kind of relationship to be honest the, the relationship is building kind of uh topic is is it, it exists everywhere even mm. in the uk but not so much so not as i would say not as obvious as i experienced here so for example it took me a good two and a half years to build a relationship with one of the biggest kind of um, uh, client in financial industry here in mm. singapore so first two years we catch up on a weekly basis never never actually managed to to, to get any service through mm. um but then one day once the relationship is established and you kind of start offering or doing little things to, to help to support their business and, and the needs. And um, it really kicked off. Mm. And uh, up until today, I think in, uh, my previous firm is still one of the biggest clients that they have. Great. That's um, good. But it really shows mark. you it takes it takes a while and you have to be now. patient. Mm. You know, for, the, for this part of the world, I say patience is, is really a very important element. And I, would, I, I think that's probably one of my biggest uh, improvement um, mm -hmm. since I moved to Singapore. I, I would definitely say I come down at quite, quite a fair amount here. Yeah. Dialed down a bit, yeah. Definitely. And, and I, I, I now know, you know, you need to take a step back and you mm. need to give people some time to digest it, to breathe yes. as well. Yeah. And whereas in the UK, as I said, you know, um, because clients are very specific about their requirements and they, they know exactly that what they're looking for. And they also know the quality, the, 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 the level of quality that they expecting any firm to, to provide as well. So I think um, in a way that I would say is more a transactional kind of uh, relationship. Yeah. That's not to say you're not building relationship. Yeah. You still are. Um, it's just a different, whereas in Asia, um, there are more personal touch, definitely, sure. touches yeah. that you, you would be expecting. Yeah. Different cultures. And yeah. I, I, I really, I, I respect both. And I, I definitely see, you know, the, 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 the good parts for both 
size as well. Yeah. I think it's really good, yeah. definitely. And how many years was it were you in consulting for? Consulting all in about eight and a half years, nine years. Eight and a half years, yeah. okay. And then, and then you moved client side again. This is where we, we met. Yes. And I remember when I had you an interview. I wouldn't obviously name the company, but the feedback that I got was like some of the best feedback I've ever had like in, in my career. So Thank you. <laughs> that's right. I didn't tell you at the time because I didn't want you to become complacent. That's a common yeah, recruiter trick. It's like, yeah, you've done amazing. And then the candidate thinks it's sort of in the back. But what, what did you do in that interview? You obviously know which interview I'm, I'm referring to. What did you, how did you, how did you, how did you prepare? <laughs> how did you prepare? What, you know, what the sort of, how did you answer some of the questions? I think uh, one of the very important thing, uh, and this is to everyone, and not just to, for people who's interested in cyber, mm -hmm. just because obviously I, I, I do interview, uh, I interview, you know, um, the, um, my staff as well, and, and I uh, help with interviews as well. So knowing, first of all, you really need to make sure you know your staff. Um, you have to be confident as well. In terms of, I would always say, I would never, it doesn't matter how many years I served in the industry, it doesn't matter how, how much I know about the topic, I always do my homework yeah. um, before the interview. I, uh, by doing that, I'm, I'm not saying you need to really write everything down and really, you know, like try to memorize everything, try to say it, plan it, rehearse. If that is your style, that's what is making you feel comfortable, go for that. That's not my style. However, I do my homework in a way that I would always play in my head in terms of um, these are the things. This is something about the company. I, sh I will always make sure I know at least I research as much as possible about the company prior yeah. to my interview. Because at the end of the day, if you don't know the company um, and you don't obviously like the company, you wouldn't want to work there and that will make your interview extremely unnatural yeah. and your confidence wouldn't show. Sure. So that's very important. Um, do the prep work, however, make you feel comfortable so you are confident about your interview. And I, I would also say a little tips about the kind of hygiene part, right? Nowadays, we, we, especially the past nine months, we, we did a lot of interview uh, through the online forum. Mm. It doesn't matter how amazing you are. If I'm doing a Zoom interview with you and you're lying sitting on your bed with, with a bed sheet oh, completely no, really. messed up in the background, that is not going to score you too high. I'm sorry. So, wow. you know, yeah. um, I think one thing that my work experience as well as my kind of uh, just experience in general the past 20 years taught me is that you really need to make sure you look the part mm. because that is the basic respect to people meeting up with you. Yeah. Um, you need to look at least presentable. We are in a very professional industry. Um, you, you, you need to play your part, yeah. is what I would say. And um, secondly, good interview, always prepare some questions yourself as well. Yeah. Show people that you are genuinely interested, not just because you yeah. know, I want a job, I need a job. Yeah. And then really, really have a, just a play in your head in terms of some of the scenario. You've worked, even if you never worked, you, you, you grew up to a certain age, you've done university, you've had education. 
you had family and and friends, and you've you've had experience. Try to find out a few moments, a few scenario, a few stories that you you're willing to share to people, you know, and and you 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 feel proud of as well. So give like a more sort of a personal touch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let them see the. Yes. Yeah, because I guess you know you kind of build this kind of like facade, don't you? And I think if you're just too robotic, they want to get to know the person, don't they? And I would say, um, almost one hundred percent of the time, when some company wants to hire you. Um, it's not just your technical capability. Yeah. People really assess you whether you will fit in or not as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So your personality actually Good. matters yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it does. And in terms of what's your what's your next move? What would be your sort of career end goal if you have it, or do you are you just sort of taking it year by year? You're clearly enjoying you know where you are at the moment, but do you have do you aspire to be? Sort of a group CISO or... Absolutely. Yeah. I would never say no. Why not? Mm-hmm. For me, um, I think you and I talked about this previously as well. I think it doesn't matter. I've actually got quite a lot of questions coming to me um, to say, oh, do you really want to take up the role? Because, you know, you're a working mom. Yeah. It doesn't matter. To me, it's okay. Um, yeah. If I had the opportunity, of course. Of course, that's where I would like to be. Um, there, there will always be opportunities, and I have interest outside of this as well. But obviously, um, if I was offered the role, I definitely wouldn't have any hesitation. Yeah. I mean, previously, if it was five years ago, you you asked me to take on the role, I I will feel mm, actually yeah. I'm not quite sure if I I you know I'm experienced enough to do yeah. that. Um, actually, one thing is very important throughout my career is I as much as I. I am very confident with what I do and I make sure I always catch up in terms of I don't actually fall behind because in cyber industry, if you're not moving forward, you're already behind. Yeah. That is the reality. I think I talked to exactly, you about yeah. that as well. It's evolving so quickly. Um, but the, the thing that I always make sure I have is a very genuine self-awareness in terms yeah. of I know exactly what I am, where I should be, and where I want to be. And I think that's extremely important. You should know your position. You should always know. Obviously, always aim higher. Hmm. I I always recommend, and I sometimes, and I see some of the associates when I was working in the uh, previous firms, after, as what we said, after three years serving in a professional service firm, they would jump to a role that I would question sometimes. Hmm. Is this something that you feel comfortable to do? Um, or is this something that you're really capable to do? Are you actually responsible to yourself as well as to the company that you're going? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's very, very important. And this kind of thing is our role, our field, our industry is no different as being an amazing doctor, yeah. as being an amazing architect, and being, you know, as being an amazing teacher. Yeah. Everything comes with experience. Mm-hmm. This is really what I'm going to say. So don't go too far out to something that you stretch yourself completely yeah. to the level that you felt like you couldn't do. Sure. Um, but obviously feel confident to go that little bit extra yeah. is what I would say. So yeah, if, if someone offered me a role, I definitely would consider. Yeah. One of the things that I've noticed when I, when I moved, well, working in this industry, that there is a significant lack of female leaders in cybersecurity. Um, and I was just keen to, you know, you're in a unique position. Mm. You know, what? Why do you think there that that is? Why do you think there is a lack of, you know? I actually don't think this is a, a unique 
like issue in terms of a specific gender um, related question because for me as long as you get the job done you do it well there's no difference in whether you are a male or female interestingly you said there is a lack of female leadership or female uh, I would say uh, participants in the field mm. I think we should always look at the benchmark stats and we should also think about actually in terms of graduate ratio how many people actually did this at university and then you compare the the female kind of uh, a proportion I actually don't think it's that off that 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 off really? I don't think it's as big as as what we see the stats people take things out of um, I wouldn't say out of context but sometimes people enlarge on specific things and for me everything you have to look at the background and the context yeah so for me if for example, I um, went to university uh, in the UK. Yeah. When I did my undergraduate course, I was, as I said, I was doing electronic engineering. I had seven people my year doing the same module, same course, and I was the only girl. And you could actually say the the employment rate to my year for female is 100% because mm. I am that 100% yeah. if you think about that so I think everything you have to really look into context and for me I wanted to really encourage everyone who's interested in coming into this, this field it's extremely exciting and don't worry so much about whether you are uh, you know male or female whether you're old or young mm. and whether you know what background or uh, that you're coming from it really does not matter. And that's the cool thing about this field is if you really like it and you're good at it, you can really thrive. Yeah. Absolutely. Nobody would care whether you are, you know, a male or female, how many years you had and which university you, 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 you've been to. Yeah. This is something that, this is actually a moment people will not judge you at yeah. all because yes. you are excellent. You're kind of in, part of a yeah, club, aren't exactly. you? Exactly. Yeah, this, this whole kind of ecosystem. Absolutely. And this there isn't is actually any kind of, yeah. Completely, I would say this is probably one of the field that is extremely fair. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's kind of like nerding out on different exactly. technologies. Exactly. It doesn't, nobody's really kind of taken into account. Okay, great. So um, what, have your, what are your plans for the rest of this year? Uh, for the rest of this year, I have multiple kind of uh, projects and program I would very much like to uh, deliver at mm. work, obviously. And um, I'm really, really, really hoping uh, I could... Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm really, really hoping that every single one of the markets... Um, currently in APAC without me physically being there can still kind of somehow not lose connection with me. Yeah. For me, I think that's very important. I, I really very much hope this whole, whole uh, challenging time will pass soon as well, really, because I think everyone, um, we've all had enough of it. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, I think we're all definitely fatigued with it, and yeah, I think yeah, definitely. Wants to get back to some kind of normality, and I, I like the fact that this this thing actually brought some really positive impact to everyone as well. It really demonstrated and proved that you know our business continuity practice really works, mm -hmm. and it also really proved that um, traditionally the, the the cultural difference in terms of you have to be in the office. It's not the case anymore. Yeah, you absolutely. can be very, very, very efficient and effective yeah. when you work from home. Obviously, human interaction is very important. As I said, you know, I think uh, that we should 
really regain some of that back but there's definitely a new way of working and I, I'm really hoping company will start looking at this differently in a way that they are more encouraging as yeah. well to, to, to a more flexible working model going forward. I think that's very important for people's morale. Yeah, I think it is absolutely the way forward, especially people that got families, yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Great, all right, well, thank you so much for taking time out of your weekend to, to do this. It's You're great to welcome. see you, always good to catch up, yeah. and uh, best of luck for the rest of this year. Yeah, you too, thank you very all much. Right. Thank, thank you. you, bye. Thank you everybody for listening. Cybersecurity Unlocked is also available on YouTube. Please like and subscribe to get the latest updates.